Welcome to Through the Wire. Through the Wire. Listen, 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 listen. Before we start, though, y'all can hear me clearly and clear and everything, right? Yeah, you sound good. Yes, sir. Okay. So, a couple days ago, a few days ago, I got a DM from a young lady um, by the name of Julia, and I was late to respond to it. She had sent it a couple days prior, and she was like, hey, I got a friend. He goes by the name of Wes on Twitter. He's a big fan of y'all. His birthday is the 29th. Can you record a video saying happy birthday to him and or get the guys in it? So I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I can do that. But then I went to the calendar and I'm like, wait, ain't today? Because I read it like Sunday night. So I'm like, the 29th is Tuesday. That's when we do the show. So like, you know what? How about since he's a through the wire guy and I know Tuesday when it drops, He's going to tune in. We wish him a happy birthday on here. So he's just casually watching, thinking he's getting his fix. Boom. He's getting a happy birthday shout out. So happy birthday to Wes. If y'all don't know him, it's the guy with the Carthony Towns. Yeah. Um, no, nah, I said happy birthday to him earlier, like early this morning, bro. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, happy Wes. Birthday, bro. Hey, happy birthday, Wes. Shout out to your friend, Julia. She's the one who put it together. Um, so boom. Happy birthday, Wes. Uh, definitely a good guy. Definitely a big time supporter of ours. And if she hit us up, that means you really be supporting. That means he takes time out of his day to tell her how much he rock with us. So happy birthday to my guy. Yeah, man. we appreciate that, bro. Happy birthday. Uh, last night, we saw y'all two favorite teams go head to head. And Derek, you weren't in the party. I guess Mike wasn't really there either, to be honest with you. But that was one of those games where we wish that y'all were together. So I'm giving y'all a minute to trash talk. Oh, Derek, I'm giving you a minute to trash talk Mike or whatever you need to do. Because uh, the Portland Trailblazers got out of there with a W. Hey, man. Yeah. Shout out to Gary Trent. He showed up. He showed us why he needed to get paid. Um, CJ was hooping. I like how he had, he had a round, well-rounded game. He came out with 20 and 11 assists. See, Dame had a quiet 32, I think. Mm. It did not seem like he had 32. I think it just got overlooked by the performance by Gary Trent. Uh, Nurk had a good fourth quarter. Uh, and then late in that game, they just kept going at Montrez Harrell with a bunch of different actions, and he just kept getting lost in no man's land. So he was a big reason why we were able to keep that lead late in that fourth quarter. That don't sound like trash talk. You just yeah. you, for he, you did a great job of breaking down the game, but I wanted you to go right at Mike Neck. He hey, shouldn't man. have. He shouldn't have trash talk because yes, before the game started, I went on Twitter and I gave them a chance to 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 make something happen by placing a bet of some sorts, but nobody was confident enough to step um, and, and root for their team hard enough. So you sound broke. Yeah, exactly. And then Mike, Mike is all in the party when the Lakers are winning. Then next thing you know, Mike goes silent for 45 minutes. Me, Terrence, and Kyron, like, where's Mike? I'm like, oh, let me check the score. All the Lakers are losing, so that's why we haven't heard from Mike. And then Derek is too busy on Instagram talking about Harold's is better than Uncle Remus when <laughs> I, he ain't had Harold's and I don't know how long. So – it, they, these guys are just, I don't know. <laughs> When's the last time you had Harold's? I ain't had it in a minute. I exactly. wanted it. Do you, exactly. think it's, do you think that you said it hit different? You think that's nostalgia talking? Because it's good. Don't get me wrong. I just had it All-Star Weekend uh, 2020. Or 20, I like 2020, yeah. I like they sauce more. Okay. The yeah. Uncle Remus? I don't know, man. Uncle you Remus, said a lot of you... wild stuff on that Instagram. I'm gonna recommend people to go go watch it because you. And you a definitely... fan sent me that that Harold's thing and was like, didn't he say on the show Uncle Remus though after he had it? So the fans is on to you. Mm. And and you're right, Harold's do got a nice sauce. I prefer Uncle Remus, but the reason Harold's is iffy to me is because like they have so many different selections and you don't know what you're gonna get when you go to each selection. Uncle Remus is Uncle Remus. No matter which three you go to, if it's in Bolingbrook, if it's in the hood, if it's in the Broadview, them bitches all line up. It's like a McDonald's. Harold's, you go in that motherfucker. One, one, one restaurant, the fries is this big. The next, they got skinny McDonald's fries. Yeah. One serve fucking tenders. The other one just got breasts. Like, it's just too much going on. So, um, Uncle Remus. <laughs> Mike, what, what about you when it came to this game? This game was like... I enjoyed the game. It was a really good game, uh, especially the last couple games being blowouts. Like having this one being close, I think it's always good for a team that's going to be contender like the Lakers just because you, you just get to see more looks and what works in those type of scenarios. And Montrose Hill should have not have been in the game. Like I think that game just turns all the way around because they were literally only attacking him and he didn't know what to do. I think offensively, like 
him and Anthony Davis was being guarded by Robert Covington. So Nurkic is just really sitting in the paint on mind. So like everything was just going for the Lakers in terms of like who was on the floor. But I mean, I, I, I'm starting to learn, especially with these contender teams. I feel like the Bucks are going to be the same way. Clippers, Lakers, like when they lose, I'm probably taking more positives from the team that beat them than the negatives when they lose. If that kind of makes sense. That does like, make sense. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, right. Pizza. People wanted no, us to come out on that one game where the Clippers lost by 50 and trash the Clippers and say that they're not contenders and that all of their team is trash because they lost by 50. Wins is like, that's just not what we're going to come here and do. Um, of course, you should never lose by 50 in any NBA game, no matter whether you're a contender or the worst team in the league. It's unacceptable. But I'm not just going to go out there and dissect this team because they lost one the third game of the season when there's 72 total plus the playoffs. Like people were trying to denounce them as a good team because they mm. lost very, very badly. It's just like that's just that's not this is not the show for that. Unless yeah, I mean, unless one of y'all three want to do it. It was to a very good team as well. Yeah. I, that, I think that's just also basketball. Like, they had some shots that just didn't go in at the end of the day. Like, it was one of those games where all the shots were going in for one team and it just wasn't the other. But 50 points, is that's, like, one of the worst losses in the history. That yeah, Paul, Paul George said they were celebrating Christmas. It's just, it's just I, I don't know. It's, that's just, twi- that's really just Twitter shit. And that's why I hate to say it, but that's why a lot of people won't be successful trying to get into these lanes because they don't know how to judge basketball. And that's why, like, NBA Twitter, as good of a place as it could be, it's it's always gonna have that like that that that, that like that thing where it tarnishes it and just makes it silly. Like, like NBA Twitter is a joke because of shit like that. Like, okay. Perspective. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, unplug and replug your mic because you're breaking up pretty heavily right now. Um, and then if, you can pick up. If you flip it. Mm-hmm. Are the Mavericks now contenders since they won by 50? Because that's what that thought process should be, right? If, we're, if we strip the Clippers of being a good team, that means the Mavericks should be now a great team. Everybody should have them as the favorite to win then, if we go off that analogy. That's why I should just, it's just stupid. I mean, and yeah, it's the third game of the season, man. It's the third game of the season. Um, I really don't even, I forgot that that should happen, to be honest with you. And I was telling people, like, it was like, what are your thoughts? I'm like, I'm, it's gonna be irrelevant in a week, but shit, it was irrelevant in some days, to be honest. And like, they didn't they start off like two and zero. Yeah, yeah. They, in the first two like, games, they looked really, really good too. Right. So it'd have been more of a story if they was like on two and then got their ass clapped by fifty, and it was then it would have been different. But like Mike said, some of those games when it's contending teams, you look at more of the other team and what they did good versus because like the Lakers, they lost last night. I I really don't. It doesn't change how I feel about the Lakers. I don't care. Like Earl, like I don't, I don't care. <laughs> but I think what Mike said is true, though. Like, yeah, I don't care that the Lakers lost, but like that's a very good win for the Portland Trailblazers on the other side of it. So, um, I mean, of course, like also what Mike said, there's a lot of things going on. Um, well, you can you can talk about the rotations of the Lakers and question that, but I don't know if I'm looking at this Lakers team any different. I mean, part of our job, let's be honest with each other, part of our job for the regular season is to overreact to shit, right? Because, like, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, right now teams are building chemistry. Teams are trying to figure out who they are, especially with no preseason and how short of a time. Like, teams are trying to find rotations and everything, and part of our job is to overreact. But, like, people want us to go over, overly, overly react, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's just not really how it goes because – our job is to react to these games, but it's not like to do anything crazy like that, you know? That's yeah. the best way to put it. Like, yeah, at first you said our job is to overreact, but our job is just to react with uh, the best analysis. But Twitter, they overreact on everything, so they expect us to do the same. Like, I even got a tweet that was like, yo, Killian Hayes is so passive. When should I start giving up on him? I saw that tweet. <laughs> Like what is what is with that? Why are we like what's the what what's that? Yeah, like, why are we doing that, man? Yeah, what are we doing that for? History even tells us like we should we should not give up on a person for a very long time. Especially so, three games in. Especially yeah, a they, at that oh, time it was two. At that time it was just two games. It was just the <laughs> second game going that he was being, that he was playing in. Oh man, and then he, like, he was aggressive last game. He was just missing shit. So it's yeah. like, which one do you want? Which just let the let the man turn out how he's gonna be. I mean, talking about a guy that <laughs> played overseas. It's like he didn't even have any like college experience. He's coming into the best league in the world. Like, 
like you said, no training camp. People got to realize last year was a tough season because of the bubble and the break. This is this is parallel with that because it's different. There's no training camp. I think like we we as fans and as uh, what would they call us analysts or media. I think like we understand training camp and the importance of it, but like it's really the the super importance of it is really going to be in effect now because you can see like now yeah they're on the fly trying to like fix rotations. You probably would have figured it out during training camp. A rookie probably would be more comfortable, would be more into the loop uh, with the training camp. But since you don't have that, you kind of got to be thrown in a fire and figure it out. The Warriors look a mess because a lot of those guys are trying to fit into this offense they've been running for seven years, but there's no training camp to figure that out. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, that training camp is going to be a big, big thing to keep being brought up the more and more we go on, especially early on in the season. Yeah. Um. And I'm looking at it. I wanted to go back and look at this 2020 draft and look at the point guard specifically because, you know, we always say on this show that the point guard position is like the hardest to transition from whether it be overseas or college to the NBA game because you are the ball handler. You got to increase this pace. The defenders are better, yada, yada. So LaMelo's a third overall pick. He's had a game where he literally dropped zero. He had a game where he dropped 13, yada, yada. Um, none of the point guards that were drafted in this year's draft have done anything right now, and that's no reason to overreact. Like, the best point guard so far has been Cole Anthony, probably, off no, the bench. Thanks. I, I think it's super hard for point guards to adapt, especially, like, in today's game. The point guard position is, like, the most important. It's, it's the QB spot. And not only do most of these point guards, you know, they're dropping double digits, but they're also facilitating everything like that, so – where a player like LaMelo, who's kind of like he's looking to facilitate for the most part, obviously he's going to have turnovers and whatnot, but I think he's going to just struggle in uh, being assertive into the offense. Same thing with Killian A's. I remember the game. It might even have been a preseason game, but he was like three for 21. Mm-hmm. And Blake Griffin after the game was like, you know, he had a great game. He just, you know, missed those shots. So right. I think it, it's going to be hard for all the point guards. But the more games they get underneath them, they're going to get better. So I don't know why people want to fold so early and say, let me give up on them when, you know, time time is going to heal all with these point guards. Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, it's funny that you name like Cole Anthony is one of the guys. And I think the reason Cole Anthony is succeeding so early and quickly is because he's been he's put in a role to where that is night and day for him. He's off the road. He's off the bench and he can score. The rest of these guys, they got to figure out how to do what they do and also do other things. Like, I think the point guard position is hard because t- today's league is going into the scores guard. Like, so you have to be able to have that balance of being aggressive because that's going to coincide with your playmaking and then also being able to get others involved, which I think is a hard thing to do. And that's Mm -hmm. why even Derek, the first game, he was saying, you know, Dane was coming out passive. Even guys like Dane in this, in this, you know, point in their career, they still can have moments where they win a first half and they would maybe just a little too passive Mm -hmm. than you you would want. And I think, a guy like Darius Garland should be proof to where, like, relax, bro. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, what's wrong with your mic, bro? Your, your mic is real, really bugging. Where it's like <laughs> one second you sound great, then you get, like, super loud, and then you get super I'll, low. I'll be honest with you. I'm probably going to have to buy another one because I dropped this one. Okay. <laughs> so, but, like, I was saying, Darius Garland should be a prime example on why guys should just mm-hmm. and, and somebody else, and this is just, like, a weird example, super weird, but, like, I think about Jokic and he he's basically a point guard in his own self. And we were arguing about like, he needs to be more aggressive when this dude was just looking to pay. It took him a couple of years to get where he's at right now. It's a very good point. Like, like the, the level of play, like, I mean, we're, we're going to get to the, the, the nuggets and how they're playing later, but there was a play where uh, he was literally bringing the ball up court and Paul Mills had to cut back door and nobody helped on it. And he missed the read to Paul Mills because he didn't expect Paul Mills to be wide open. He passed it to the other dude that he expected to help off. But like, it's levels to how you think you know during a basketball game and it's gonna take time. Yeah. Good point. Um let's talk about the let's talk about the Nuggets. Well, where are you Sandy Mills? You're muted. Yeah, Derek was talking to me. <laughs> yeah, you're muted. You're actually muted. You're gonna have to um, you're gonna have to um, okay, I don't, I don't know why that happened. I didn't do anything, but uh, <laughs> practical difficulties today, man. Thanks. But uh, I was saying Trey Young came out the first half of his rookie season and looked bad. So exactly you look at that, look at where he's at now. He's an all-star. He's an all-star, and his team is 3-0. You know, 3-0. Hey, I I don't want to overreact to anything, but this team, I'm literally rocking their shirt because they look really good. They haven't played a playoff team just yet. Um, Tomorrow they play against the Nets, and I don't know if we're going to get KD and Kyrie hooping. 
Um, but they got this, they got a little stretch of, they have an easier schedule than most, right? When I, when you look at strength of schedule, they're like towards the bottom. And I'm not saying that's indicative of how they're about to perform, but through the first three games, they went against the Bulls who suck. They went against the, the Grizzlies who are missing Jaron and they went against the Pistons who are resting Blake Griffin and, um, they Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose are two Rose. best players. So now they're going tomorrow against Brooklyn who just rested their guys. So maybe they're going to be healthy and, and ready to go. But through those three games, they're doing what teams should do, where it's like when I'm going against a bad team, let's take care of business, and they've been doing exactly that. But I can't wait to see them go against a real good team because they got like a back-to-back against the um, the Nets. Should be good yeah. games. Yeah. yeah, I was looking at it. I was thinking like, man, this is like the first time you can look at that team and say, Trey Young had to drop 40 and 15 tonight for them to be competitive. Right. Because um, Bogey gave them good contributions. That whole roster, even like – the playmaking side of the game, Rondo had eight assists, Bogey had five. So, like, he doesn't even have to do all the playmaking anymore every night. So, this is the first time you look at that team and say that they're well-rounded and that Trey Young won't have to go out there and pretty much almost kill himself for them to even be remotely competitive. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at this team, and I, I, can only, I can honestly say that even just, like, the guys that got an extra year underneath their belt, Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter, like, I can look at them and be like, you know what? They're not going to give up as, as many points as they did last year because I, I can say Cam Reddish is probably going to get a stop. He's he going to create some type of turnover. Same thing with DeAndre Hunter and getting Capella back to their defense is going to shape up. And offensively, they're super hard to stop when Trey Young is on, man. Like, he, he's a dude that he can carry the whole offense for a whole game if it, if it really came down to it. So they're going to be in a good spot. They're one of the four undefeated teams left, all in the Eastern Conference, by the way. None of the Western Conference teams have survived 3-0. and um, so let's quickly hit on these other undefeated teams because some of these teams that we might not talk about a lot this season because I'm guessing that they're 3-0 ain't like the real deal. He's talking about the Cavaliers. I'm not even talking about the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers are good. Uh, I was talking about the other t- the, the Orlando the Pacers. Magic. I think the, 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 Pacers are, the Pacers are really good, bro. They they actually – we know they're going to be a playoff team. Um, so Imagine they, give us this tease every year. So I remember at one – then they start like 8-1 and one at one point. Mm-hmm. So like – I'm not really buying it right now. They yeah, said this year is different. <laughs> okay. We'll see how true that is. And I, they got Markel Fultz, not Augustine, so this year is different. It is different, I guess. Yeah, shout out to Markel, man, because they – I, I'm gonna give him a lot of praise though for that one, that last game, 17 point deficit going into the fourth, and came in a win because of Markel and them, uh, mostly because of the bench, honestly. No, um, Terrence Ross has been thing. heating up. Yeah, Terrence Ross has been doing playing very well this season, and that maybe that's one of the reasons why it's not completely true because we know Terrence Ross is streaky as hell. We'll have 10 games where he's averaging 20. They'll have five games where he averaged seven. So we'll see, but let's be honest. This is the same damn roster from last year. Cole Anthony ain't making that much of a difference where they turn it from an eighth seed to a top seed. Um, in, the, in their first couple games, other than the Miami Heat win, which is a big win, they, honestly, they they won that game because the Heat just missed open threes. You know, the Heat missed a bunch of shots that they, they usually make. And then they went against the Wizards, who's the worst fourth-quarter team in basketball, and they choked, the Wizards have choked two leads in, in their two games. So um, they go against the Thunder today. The Thunder's a very competitive tanking team. 76ers, Thunder again, Cavs, Cavs. Honestly, they may walk away from the first eight games and be like 6-2. and two. And then they're going to be like, y'all not talking about them enough. When in reality. I'm going to put my money on the Thunder tonight. I say the Thunder takes that one. Give them their first loss. Mm. It wouldn't be a bad choice. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous of the Thunder. Um, Because they're just doing the rebuild right. Where Mm. they have their guy, which is Shea Gilles Alexander. They have surrounding pieces that they want to build with. And that's like Darius Baisley, Lou Dore, who had a really good game. And they have a good front office where it's like no matter what we do, I they I feel confident that this team is gonna be they're gonna be competitive every single night. Like we looked at that team on paper, we were like, man, that's the only team out west that ain't gonna make the playoffs, and that's probably true. But they're gonna be damn competitive every single night. And for a rebuilding team, that's all you really want. We'll take yeah. the L's. We just lost by two. If we were this close, you know. Mm-hmm. And some other rebuilding teams like mine don't really have that luxury to say that every night we're going to be competitive because it's just not it's not the case. So I'm, I'm just really jealous of what they got going on now. Yeah, on top of that, like, literally, they with the buttload of picks they got, anytime they won, they feel like, oh, we got our guys. They could flip them. They could flip them picks out, you know? So, uh, yeah. 
Donnie got Donnie got some things that were to do. George Hill looks look good too. Al Horford's look good. It's I just like, hey, I just picked you. No, I was thinking about picking George Hill up in fantasy this week. I think I picked somebody else up, but he he's looking like he's an all around guy. Looking like a little, he looking a little rejuvenated. I, I sure as hell picked up Lou Dort. He gave me about forty eight of them things. <laughs> <laughs> See, I wish I I used to be in that spot. I mean, it's gonna happen because somebody on every team usually gets injured. Um, but every year that I've been good on fantasy is because I had that one flex spot that I could pick up a new guy every night. And that Mm -hmm. really matters. But right now I don't have that because my team is healthy and there's nobody to drop right now. So if somebody gets injured, then I'm going to have that spot. And honestly, you better with that spot. Yeah. Only person I have is Ja that's hurt, and I'm not putting him. Are you sure? Drop Ja. Just drop him, (laughs) Are you sure? You just going to have him on your team when he's not playing? True. Y'all going to save him for me? Y'all just going to leave him there for me? No, absolutely not. Oh, I got damn. I got Nodi's on for the waiver wire, baby. I'll pick his ass up immediately. <laughs> <laughs> immediately. <laughs> um, one of the other undefeated teams, the Pacers, um, looked really, really good. They got the new coach, and like all of the things that the players or things are saying makes it seem like they hated playing for Nate McMillan. Um, similar things to what the Bulls said when they got Billy Donovan in, like we're looking like a team, we feel like a we feel like a family type stuff, and the offense looks and is flowing way better. Than we did with Nate McMillan. Now, I'm not saying Nate McMillan's a bad coach or anything because we know he was a competent coach. But Nate Borkin, Bork, Bork, any, any of y'all know how to pronounce his name? No. Nate B. We, we know who you're talking about. Okay, Nate B has his team flowing a little bit different. And a lot of it is going through their best guy, which makes sense because their best guy is okay, – uh, his playmaking is good. I was going to say Jokic's light, but he, he ain't that good um, as a playmaker. But his playmaking is really good. And he's just a beast, like legitimately. He's just stronger than everybody on the court, it seems like. Yeah, he's a walking double double. I mean, he, I don't yeah, know what. A walking the double the way he a even, you said what? He, he said he damn near. Tri- triple double the way he passed in this season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just go through people. He's not even like, trying to finesse it or nothing. He's just going through you. Mm-hmm. I thought Nick Man was going against the Bulls. He was just going right through Wendell and Laurie the whole night. Bro. They're babies to him. It's not hard to go through them boys. I'm, I'm telling you, right. I could damn to go through them boys. But I, I, I thought Nick McMillan was a decent coach. But uh, it's not surprising to hear stories like that and see, you know, the effect on court. I always be thinking back to that one BT game where we had uh, Coach Coach Lottie coach, and he was just like, you know, I'm not gonna take. I'm not gonna badge y'all about them bad shots. And we were looking amazing out there, like everybody was hooping. Yeah. So you know. I think it's just it could even be just a, like a little change of energy in the room or locker room that that can make that type of stuff happen. That's what I think, Mike. I think it don't necessarily make you a bad coach, but sometimes your voice can just be be drawn out. Like we 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 need a new voice, and maybe that's just what it is. I always like the Pacers team. I think they're like a very good team. I just don't think they're a championship team. But I somebody was a Pacer fan was hitting me up like, man, to think they were saying we wouldn't even be a playoff team. And I'm like, I don't know many people who saying that. <laughs> I think the Pacers were always a playoff team. They're just not that team. They're like that team that's good, but they're not there yet. Right. Can they make it or to the second just... round or could they make it to the conference finals? But I'll tell you what, Sabonis is that guy, and he's doing good for my fantasy team too. Yeah, Victor Oladipo doesn't look terrible in his return either. Who? Victor Oladipo. Yes, Victor Oladipo's look really good. And then the last game that they won against the Celtics, VO didn't even play. Um, yeah. So they were missing a key guy and still got the win. And – a great play drawn up by Nate Borkin. I'm going to just pronounce it like that until somebody correct me. Um, where he got Sabonis the ball on the block and he got the N1. Even though Sabonis missed hella, hella free throws in that fourth quarter. Like he damn near choked the game because he was just missing free throws left to right. But they get the W. Then they play against the Celtics again today. So a little back-to-back action. Um, but in that game, do y'all, do y'all want to guess how many free throws Jason Tatum has attempted? in his first three NBA games this season? Uh, I don't know where to go higher or low. And when I'm watching, it seems like he's taking a lot of jumpers, so I'm going to go more so like 10. Okay, 10 from Derek. Six. Six. I'm going to go 15. Four. He's attempted four free throws this whole season so far, um, which is not like him. You know, he he's usually a guy that can get to the free throw line. Um, because last year he he got to the free throw line about five times, which was pretty good for a guy of his caliber. But now, only four and three games, and it was all in the last game. The first two games he he didn't attempt a single free throw. So you know you want him to, because I look at Jason Tatum as one of the best tough shot makers in the league. Like, mm-hmm. um, 
in the same, not in the same conversation, but on the level of maybe like Kevin Durant a little lesser than that, or like Brandon Ingram lesser than that. He's he's in that conversation. It's like he, tough uh, no, you, you're right. He at the end of the day, he's a scorer. Right. He's a, he's a scorer, and the best of the best scorers, they find a way to put the ball in the cut. He's still putting he's still putting points up. Right. But you talk about just getting five, six free throws at the game. That you know that that's going to speak volumes. Yeah. Yeah. That, and he's all, he's attempting a almost ten threes a game though within yeah. these. See, that was the other thing where Derek said he takes a lot of jump shots, and the best scorers, if anybody is a scorer, they know the best scorers get easy buckets. Mm-hmm. Easy buckets, because you're not going to get 30 in half-court offense. Mm-hmm. It's not. That's why, you know, you're running out, you're getting layups, you're getting to the free throw line, and then you can get 10 to 12 in a half-court setting, and before you know it, you look up and you got 34. That's why guys who stay at the top of those scoring things, the Durant's, the Hardens, they find a way to get easy buckets. Transition yeah. dunks from KD, layups from Harden, then they get in 11 free throws, and then however many they get in the half court is just a cherry on top because right. between mm-hmm. transition and free throws, I already have my 24 points. So the deciding factor between me having 25, which is my average on the season, and having mm-hmm. 40 is what I do in a half court. Because like Mike said about the Clippers, sometimes the ball just don't go in. It ain't even about your defender. It ain't even about what they're doing. You're just going to miss shots. And we've seen that from all these great scores that they just going to miss shots on some nights. But you look up and it's like, damn, Trey Young was shot bad today, but he still got 34. Mm-hmm. Layups and fucking free throws. Yeah, yeah. What, fucking... what separates the really good from the great is the ability to draw fouls. I mean, it's just better for the offense that you draw fouls. Your, your people get plays off, you know, and everything. Like, Trey Young this season has been amazing at that. The men's average like 15 free throw attempts a game. All of the great players in the NBA today have the elite ability of drawing free throws because it's really what it is. It's a free throw, you know. It's it's a, a bucket usually. Yeah, when you take a step back, side step to the side jumpers, you're not going to really be drawing that much content. Yeah. He, but one thing I would say about Tatum is he's going to make the adjustment. Oh, for when sure, we yeah. To, we get around a certain break, and they gonna, that, that's conversation going to be brought up. He's going to be like, yeah, I had talked to my trainer, Drew Hanlon, and he was telling me I've been settling too much. That's how Tatum is, so, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Bleacher Report put out an article after the first week of the season, the biggest disappointments, whether it be a team or a certain player. And I want to see if y'all can potentially guess or maybe give your own Biggest disappointment as a team or an individual player so far this the Warriors. season? The Warriors? The Warriors, not as a whole, no. Stephen Curry. Incorrect. Nah, probably Kelly Oubre, probably. And Kelly Oubre and Wiggs together is one, mm-hmm. um, which, of course, makes a lot of sense because Kelly Oubre ain't hit a jump shot all season. No exaggeration. What? Who else? The Chicago Bulls. Chicago Bulls, goddamn right. Disappointing. Uh, who else got some money or something? I'll give, give y'all hints on some of these. Um, this guy is a former MVP, and so far this season, his team hasn't won many games, um, and he hasn't looked as dominant as we, Giannis, correct? He yes. hasn't looked as dominant as we're used to. Um, but again, based on the first week of the season. Y'all good, good for him. We, we, should be, I'm t- we should be tired of seeing that script. What's that? the dominance, they never mean shit, so... Just do you, Giannis. Just, so just, be just don't be as good. Yeah, just be. <laughs> just take the regular season as just a joke because all you need to be worried about is the playoffs. And we know he's going to get there, so he don't need to worry about being dominant. He did that already, and that didn't mean shit. So why are we even asking him to do that when we just want the championship? Uh, the next team is a team that made a significant move this offseason but still haven't put together a win. The Russell Westbrook Wizards. Yep, yep. Um, the next team is a team that's notorious for being very good, but so far the season doesn't have a win. Miami Heat? Incorrect. They they beat uh, on Christmas. They won. Oh, they did beat my, my boy B.I. <laughs> the Raptors. Uh, the Raptors. Yep, the Raptors. He just looked at his phone. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, yo, somebody up. tweeted me saying, man, y'all be letting Peachy right in y'all face. Oh, he said that in the comments. I'm like, bro, I don't be looking at the thing. I just type in, like, NBA teams, and I look at logos yeah. to refresh my brain. Um, The other ones is Killian Hayes, who we already talked about. Yeah, go look. I know Derek was looking at the standings, too. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the standings. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I the standings. It's just, like, the Google NBA teams thing. 
Oh, okay. So my, my question to y'all, because we be having days where it's like four games on at the same time. How, what is y'all method of like watching games? I typically, I, I hope it's one on NBA TV or like ESPN or something. So then I'll have it on there. And then I'll have the other one on my laptop on League Pass. Okay. So you're usually, I, you're I, usually watching two games at a time. Yeah. It's usually the two most competitive games I'm trying to watch. Okay. I'll I be doing that. But I also have a dumbass method, but I'll be doing it anyway. Where like I do the four games on one screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like I'm seeing something, but obviously like when you do that, you're not watching shit closely. So it's yeah. like I'm seeing I'm in the games, but when you're watching one game, like if I'm like what game did I I watched the Bulls versus the Warriors. So by watching that game, it's shit that I can tell you about spot on. But if I'm watching four games, like yesterday I was doing it. I literally have the Grizzlies up. I didn't see Ja injury. I knew yeah, I didn't either. Twitter. I didn't either. I seen him, and I'm like, why is Tyus Jones playing so much? But then I went on Twitter, and they was like, oh my gosh, I hope Jaws cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I have this game in front of me, and I didn't <laughs> see him get hurt. I missed, I missed the whole hopping and everything. And I think it's because another game caught my attention really quick. Mm-hmm. So uh, I do that. But what I do is I turn off this, the sound because it's, it's they'll have you have four games up, and they'll try to give you sound uh... to one. It's like, bro, turn them all off. What the fuck are y'all doing? <laughs> Uh, I usually either have two screens up or like I'll just be flipping through. Like if a, if a, if a team calls timeout, I'll go see what the next game's on until like you know the the right. momentum is picked back up into other game. Okay, but uh, that's usually how I go about it. You've been doing a good job having games start at six, and then some games start at six thirty. That way, it's like you get a little ability to go. I know what you mean because yesterday we had a couple games start at six thirty and then at seven, so yeah. they give you that little window. So then when they at halftime, they start. Yeah. yeah. Um, definitely, but I, I, I think the best method is what Derek said. I like to do that, like when I got one on my TV and then my laptop on my lap, versus trying to have four boxes and shit. Because right. um, the, the four box thing is inefficient. Like it's you want to say that you watch them all, but honestly, you can't. You literally can't. Your your body can't take four things of stimulus exactly. at the same time. So you better off just focusing on one and hoping that this is the one that's going to be the one that's going to be talked about. Um, yeah, I always wondered that because I. Everybody says something completely different, and I think every fan probably looks at it a little bit differently. Like, for me, I will have multiple games up, and depending on which one is on a timeout, the other one is what I'm paying attention to. So, like, I caught Jaws' injury, but I wasn't really watching, watching that game. It just so happened that when that game was on, OKC was in a timeout. So I looked up, and I was like, oh, shit, Jaws injured, Jaws injured. And, yeah, so it is a bit weird. I'm I'm always like that the first week because I have so many guys I like, as y'all know. So it's like Sabonis is playing, Jai's playing, uh, Darius Garland is going to be playing tonight against my Knicks. So it's like it's all these guys that I like. Darius Baisley was playing. So I want to just see something, a little bit of all of them. But, yeah, by the time the second week come or the third week, somebody, half of these teams not even relevant no more Yeah, because they fucking suck. Somebody gets hurt. Um, and then it's like, okay, I know I don't have to. I, I can just catch Darius Garland on the flip side. I'm not going to yeah. watch the Cavs for right. 48 minutes because yeah. now they're 2011 or whatever. Or even my Knicks. Like, I start off watching my Knicks like a fucking hawk in the beginning of the season. But once they do certain shit, they make me be like, I I, I can't even do it. <laughs> I, I'm going to prefer a Lakers versus Blazers. But right now, I'm watching my Knicks over anybody. Yeah, you stronger but, than me, bro. Because no matter what, we could be 0-33. My, my, I'm going to have to watch the Bulls. And it pisses me off. My blood pressure get raised. I be having headaches watching, but that's just I just can't help myself. I'm gonna watch, but I'm a pri- I'm a, I'm a prioritize myself as a basketball fan. So if I have the option of Knicks and they ain't on shit playing against blah blah blah, or the Lakers versus the Mavericks, and this is a really I'm taking Lakers as that Mavericks, and then I catch my Knicks in between, like we saying, unless unless the Knicks is rolling. And we looking good, then shit, I'm gonna keep on keeping on. But shit, hey, if they also one like, game oh. win streak right now, man. Hey, yeah, and we beat a very good team, yeah. right? Yeah, very good team, right? Yeah, they are. Hey, who's the best Giannis defender, Mike? Some people saying Mitchell Robertson is. So that man formed a wall by himself. <laughs> what a thing that's <laughs> surprising because he 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 hacks so much. Yeah, he he, he hacks so much. Um. The Bulls, though, the Bulls, the Bulls usually should be a, a fun team to watch. Uh, we've watched the games together and the parties and shit, so we we know your frustrations. But um, 
Yeah, I don't understand what's up with the Bulls, but uh, they just whatever. they just don't fit. Our disappointments, though. The Bulls, <laughs> or there's some more. Um, we, we, no, give, give, let's give our own disappointments. You know, like maybe a team or a player you like. This is their year, and through one of games, each. they ain't it. Um, uh, Wendell Carter. I don't want to focus on the Bulls, so that'll be like not my real answer. But the, he had one good game so far this season. Hopefully, that's the turning point. That was against the Warriors, right? That was yeah, the last game where we had three players drop twenty plus, and we still lost to the goddamn Warriors. So, um, yeah, that's that's a disappointment. But other than that. Um, dis disappointment so far. It's not too many things I'm disappointed about, really. Like just going through it. I mean, I could say that I'm disappointed in the Wizards because they had two games in one. their hand and they just they fumbled the bag. Like mm -hmm. that's disappointing to me. This is a team that I thought would be like in the play in and through three games they don't look like they're good enough to even make the play in. So that's disappointing. Especially when you got two guys like Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook, you don't expect that. Mm -hmm. Both of those guys can close out games for you. Yeah. I mean, I'm giving them a slight pass because Russell Westbrook didn't even play in that last game that they fumbled, but even even then, they should have secured that win. Raw Nato, who he's talking shit about, ended up having a 20-point game. Um, and Kevin Love is going to miss three to four weeks, by the way, with a right cast. Right cast strength. When did that even? I, when did that even happen? He then he played the entirety of last game. Then he played the whole last game. Yeah. Him and Larry Nance were starting at the three and four. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and it man. works. Is and, anybody hey, disappointed the Rockets are zero and two? Nah, I got no expectations for the yeah. Rockets just because everything that's going on. I'm more anybody? impressed with Christian Woods' performance through these couple games. Yeah. Anybody disappointed in the Raptors? As a team, yeah. Still I don't winning. know if there's an individual that I'm disappointed in. They, they're, no, we talk about team and player. He yeah, their their replacement bigs have not done anything. Aaron Baines haven't. Their their rebounding absolutely sucks this season, and Pascal's trying to do his best, um, to to remedy that, but they just don't have it. And you got to think about what Serge and Marcus Saul brought to that team defensively. They didn't replace that, and through two games, you can see it, and it's loud and clear. Celtics are one and two. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think if there's an individual player on my list. I'm like, damn, I, I wanted to see him take off, and so far he ain't he ain't done it. Um, Knicks, Knicks are in the playoffs as of today. We're AC, <laughs> baby. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a player out there. That I, I, let me go find it. Oh, DeAndre Aiden has been disappointing. That's that's what I can say. He's been disappointing. Hey man, I be I can see the bro. I seen a man for the first time this season. Play like ten minutes. I'm like, you know what? I don't like how he playing. I got to get him off my team. Traded him right to KD. But he was somebody too, because we all knew like Chris Paul. He gonna have DeAndre Aiden turned up. Mm. But it just seems like same thing. Like you can feed, you could bleed a horse to a water. He you can't make him drink. Like that's the type of thing I feel. I, but I also Aiden think you right overreacted now. by trading him after two games. I'm so happy that I still have him on my team. I'm, I'm not expecting. I'm not expecting though. him to end with nine points a game this season. Like that's just not who he's gonna be. But uh, there are times in the game where, like, he be having stone hands or something like, bro. And he be doing so many fadeaways. I'm like, dude, you're being guarded by somebody that's 6'9". Can you just go at him? Um, so I would say that's disappointing. But I'm what I'm going to give that to is that he's trying to figure out um, how to play with Chris Paul. And Chris Paul's trying to figure out how to play with him. And then eventually that PNR going to be deadly as, as soon as he learns how to catch a ball. Anybody else? No. I'm looking for a specific player. Hey, I want to give a hey, shout out to them young guys out in San Antonio. They've been hooping at the beginning of the season. Um, are you a Spurs fan again? Who Who are you more impre most impressed with in their core right now? Uh, Kel uh, Dejounte. He's been, he's had a, he had a triple double, double the other day. Um, First career triple dub, baby. Keldon Johnson's been looking real good. He's been real aggressive. Uh, I like how they they kind of just let their wings rebound the ball and Aldridge kind of leaks out. Yeah, kind of why? Weird. I don't like that. He's never been a good rebounder. He he was at least giving you eight nine a game this season so far. The man is averaging four. four. <laughs> and look how many he gave you last season. It was probably what, six. I th it was. Let me see. I'm gonna see. Last season he was giving us seven and a half, and the year before that nine, eight, seven and a half. He had an 11 that last year in Portland, boy. He was on that glass. Portland's where he, Portland's where he rebounded. Portland's <laughs> where he rebounded it. Um, they get them early post-ups, man. That's when he used to get on Rockets 40 
point double doubles, 44 and 12 type nights. Boy, ugh. Keldon Johnson's averaging eight rebounds a game. <laughs> Derek, what school is Keldon Johnson from? <laughs> do you do you think you know it? I don't know it. Oh, okay. Oh. I'm pretty sure I heard it recently though. It's, it's it's one of the it's one of them them schools. Yeah, I don't know. It's a big, b- big blue. Oh, Kentucky? Yeah, he went to Kentucky. Um I'm surprised you didn't mention DeMar as your most impressive player. Well, yeah, I was just giving a shout out to the young guys. DeMar has been DeMar. He's been consistent these last few years in San Antonio. I don't know. He had a Tennessee game. That ain't DeMar being DeMar. Hey, is, is he about to have an all-star type season, Derek? Talk to me. I think so. I mean, when he got these young guys around him hooping like that. I like that four-guard lineup. Usually four guards don't work. Like with how they got DeMar, DeJounte, Keldon, and Lonnie. Usually that don't work. But somehow they make it work. Even defensively, like Keldon Johnson showing that he can guard some fours. Uh, he's strong. He's big. So... They're showing some defensive versatility there, too. I like it. Well, I think that's because that ain't a four-guard lineup, in my opinion. I don't think Kelvin Johnson a guard. DeMar really? DeRozan more of a four, like a small four. I guess you could put him at guard if you want to, but he's always been like a three in my mind. So you really got Lonnie, and DeJounte is not your typical guard because he's so damn big. Yeah, DeJounte and No matter also- what you classify him as, he's one of the top defend- defenders on the perimeter, in my opinion. Yeah, DeJounte also not the type of dude that's going to come out there chucking up shots. He's so he's facilitating and playing defense and just making yeah. – he's happy doing that. I'm always interested to see it work because we know DeMar ain't your best three-point shooter. DeJounte isn't the best three-point shooter either, but, you know, it's working. This would yeah, be a nice situation for DeMar on a, on a contract year to do some Jimmy Butler type shit. Will this team, this young team, be that big brother and will them into the playoffs? And, and be that team that everybody rooting for, you know what I mean? Because they're not on paper expected to be a playoff team. I could. That would be a hell of a year for Demar. I, I would love to see that. Would you predict it? No. Uh, not no, this man. early. Winnie Bowl takes on the show. You know, me and Derek was in the Xbox party before, and I don't. I don't know if it was only me and him. It was only me and him talking at the time, though. And he say, uh. We're talking about the uh, TNT guys after the shows or whatever, and how they talk and whatever. And he's just like, man, they're they're we're real funny. And I was like, yeah, they are. I think that's what they do the best because nobody really cares about their opinions. Like nobody is like, man, Shaq said to be the trip to be the zone. You got they don't really break down. But Kenny does a little bit, but they really just be on that joke and talk shit to each other. So Derek says, man, they have a little wall for for Chuck's bad take. I think we should do that for me because I'll just be giving out the bad taste. I got the hot taste. And I'm like, so you just going to go out on a limb and just be saying dumb shit all the time? He's like, no, but I got the hot taste. So go ahead and make your hot take. Hey, that's it. Hey, no joke. We should we should definitely have that, though. For real, for real. For yeah, real. then they go back at the end of the season and then they review all of them and see how many he got right. Shout out to, to, to the TNT crew because best believe we're about to do that now. Derek said he want to be the show. But we okay. Let let me say this: throughout the years of us doing this, we have got less and less bold as a team. Not just Derek, but we used to kind of just say shit, not not in a negative way, but like we used to like really throw opinions out there, heavily opinions. Like, I think it was just because we just started to grow a little bit more, and we started to like not overreact. And I ain't taking no foot off no shit. I I keep my opinions. Mm-hmm. I should. I'm always. I was the one that picked the Clippers to lose in the first round. <laughs> oh, you did do that. Yeah, that was yeah. Kind of, that was still kind they, of crazy. They would have won if Porzingis didn't get hurt. Though. I'm standing up. <laughs> you would have looked like a genius, bro. If that. If that but you know what? I feel like that's why so many other motherfuckers on TV do what they do. Because if they get that one bold take right, forget the twelve that they got wrong, they gonna flaunt that one like like crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what they do. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they do for sure. But see, the difference between them and me is a lot of them will die on that hill. I have no problem being like, man, I was, I was, I was, twi- I was tweaking, I was tweaking. I'm trying to think of one idea that I was tweaking. Like, oh, the Philadelphia 76ers tweaking. Which one? What'd you say about? I don't even know what you said. Me and Mike tweaking them to win, and I'm motherfuckers didn't get one win. Oh right, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 I told y'all in real time that y'all was tweaking. <laughs> like, yeah, they was, they was, tr- they were tripping. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but like different side of Embiid, but but that's the thing though. I mean, I always look like it's literally just a prediction at the end of the day. Like it, it's obviously Bro, like you pick. I could cut you off, but do y'all remember before Kenny lived in that house when he had that apartment? He didn't want to make predictions in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I still don't like making predictions. And we almost had to like say, nigga, make a damn prediction. He's like, no, I'm not making one. I'm I still not- don't like making <laughs> predictions. That's when the Celtics versus Sixers first played for the first time. I think that was like Ben Simmons quarter for a rookie year. I remember that. <laughs> quote unquote. You gotta do you gotta do that. <laughs> yeah. The rookie year that won the rookie year. Now, I still don't like making predictions, bro, because it's just p- p- people are so stupid out there. And 99.99% of the people that watch our show are intelligent basketball fans. But that 0.1% just just be going crazy. And, I mean, that's how you get blocked. But uh, <laughs> it's just – it can be annoying. That's all. Yeah. Are you more afraid of being wrong? No. Do you, being wrong has never, never been the problem for me. It's being used out of context. I hate when people take what I say and use it out of context because that, that pisses me off more than anything. For example, let me, let me say – let me tell a story. The beginning of last season, a month into the year, I made a video on my main channel that was ranking NBA players based on their first month. I said, fuck their whole history. I don't care if you won six MVPs in your seven years. If you were ass in that first month of the season, I'm going to tell you you were ass. And if y'all don't remember, Russell Westbrook was coming back from an injury, and he was terrible the first month. He was terrible the first month of that season last year. And I told it. I told it for what it is. I said he was like a – I was ranking him A, I mean S tier, A tier, B tier. I think I put Russell Westbrook on the B tier. And people took that and put it out of context and tried to make it seem like I was saying Russell Westbrook was a bad NBA player for his entire career. Stuff like that, when you take me out of context, pisses me off to the extreme. Because though the person – the people that were doing that had like nine followers, it was messing with my mental – that those nine <laughs> followers thought that that's I thought with Russell Westbrook was bad. So it's just like th- that's that's the type of stuff that really bothers me more than anything. That's why I love media, though. Mm-hmm. I I think when I when I like my problem when I make predictions or just like even choosing between things is just like I'm just so indecisive. Like we when we did something like Brandon Brandon Ingram or Jason Tatum, like it's just hard for me to choose something because it's just like I love Brandon Ingram, I love Jason Tatum. They do everything so well. They even like. The comments that just KB just said are like where he feels like you bashing somebody. Like I, I just always feel like say the same thing with Russell Westbrook. Like he had a bad month. I'm always gonna look at Russell Westbrook like, man, that, that's just a small bad month. I got to give him a little bit more credit because I know who Russell Westbrook is. Right. Like that, that that's how indecisive I am when it just comes to making. Things. I don't think that's indecisiveness though. I think that's why you are in the field doing mm-hmm. what you do is because you're able to look at it from that perspective. I think that's yeah. what that NBA Twitter lacks is a perspective context and um what what's my my word comprehension they don't know how to comprehend shit comprehend shit and take it for what it is it's always got to be a make or break and that's not the reality of basketball yes that's that's so great another one that happened in my my show my call game show i was talking about the pacers and i was saying like man Malcolm Brogdon's looking good, man. We might have another year where he may be in all-star conversations. Because last year, y'all remember, he was in all-star conversations. And somebody commented, dang, what you saying, Sabonis don't deserve a spot? Like, <laughs> th- 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 it can only be one all-star per team? Like, come on, bro. Like, let me shine some light. People think that shining light somewhere else is dimming it out on somebody, you know, another player. But that's just, we I had just talked about Sabonis. I can't do the whole yeah. segment about Sabonis because he's not the whole team. They do that with everything. Like I, I, I go like somebody asks me what's my favorite New Balance, and I'd be like nine nine sevens. Damn, you don't like the nine ninety? <laughs> but it's like damn. Like I, I just wanted, I just wanted to talk about the nine nine sevens because those are my favorite. It's like why? Yeah, it's like motherfucker. And that's why I jap out on people sometimes, and then they be trying to make it seem like P just be japping. But it'd be like no, it's because people put you in a point to where you get you it's no choice because i'm literally giving you comprehension i'm telling you why i'm saying this mm-hmm. this is the first month reaction video i'm kenny this is just based off the first month russell westbrook won an mvp how you and it'd be like <laughs> bro i gave you everything that you needed to know to know why i'm saying what i'm saying and you still choose or not so now i have no choice but to say you a stupid ass mfer <laughs> yeah bro and I, I, I another thing about nba twitter is just like they they can never just take it for what it like just accept that like so, so bonus had his his game winner the other day 
somebody immediately had that. Can't believe this has to be said. And it was Bam Adebayo is greater than freaking Sabonis. And dude got MVP Bam Adebayo's his profile. Like, you don't have to do that, man. Like, we know both players are great. Yeah. Just leave it at that. Like, you don't got to try to take somebody else down. Yeah, comparing players and comparing things in general is just going to always be a case with anything. Um, music, anything that is subjective, they're going to be people that compare it. But it's like, I've got to the point where it's just, it's not fun to compare mm-hmm. players anymore. It used to be when I was younger. But, like, I would rather just look at a player like Sabonis and take what we got from him to compare him to Bam Adebayo. It's just like their play styles are significantly different, too. It's just like it's based on, I guess, your own personal preference, you know? Mm-hmm. It's it's, yeah. it's weird. It's weird. I don't know what we started to talk about here, but I'm glad they we need to, they talk about disappointment. It's like a therapy yeah. session. They need, to, they need to stop this shit, though. Like, seriously, if, like – because I know a lot of young people that be in NBA Twitter – like they be trying to build up accounts and different things so they can build up a platform to be able to do the things that we do. Um, even if it ain't exactly what we do, it's in the realm of it. Like being mm-hmm. able to make a YouTube channel, being able to start a podcast with other uh, profiles and things like that. But it's like, you can do that all day, want, all, all day. But if you want to be successful, you're going to have to learn how to take things with context and how to comprehend things and, and analyze shit besides being a hardcore fan. You know what I mean? You got to be able to say, this person was bogus. No matter if that's my team, that's my guy, if that's my cousin, that motherfucker was bogus. That was not a good game. And be able to say that and just leave it there. And then also be able to know, like, that's why it's like, I don't know, bro. It, people just don't. We live in a microwave society where it's like the killing hate shit. I'm I'm going I'm to be on that for a long time. It's like, what's, what are we in a rush? And then it's like, you're in a rush, but you're also in a rush to, like, shit on somebody. Like, to, to say, like, to give up on them means you shouldn't on like you basically want to say when can you call them a bus and it's like why are we so thirsty to discredit mm-hmm. somebody? You know, I think people are also just thirsty for like that that next conversation like who is the next bus? Oh, Killian Hayes ain't have three games where he did good in his first first right. three games. Oh, he's a bus. I seen people on the Lakers uh, Lakers Twitter and Reddit like trying to say slander Anthony Davis because he wasn't being like he wasn't being aggressive. And I'm like, come on now, like it's, it's, game, it's things like that. He just has games like that. Where he's yes, just, he, he does. Yes, he does. And after the game, he was like, you know, I missed the last game. Team was doing good. I didn't want to assert myself. And then, I mean, one of the reporters asked him, he's like, you know, when you have like under 15 points, the Lakers are three and six. And he kind of, you know, took his ears up a little bit. And he's like, yeah, that means, you know, obviously I got to score. Same thing Brian said. You know, we got to look for him. So some things are going to be adjusted. Nobody's concerned about Anthony Davis putting up 13 points and man could go get 25 without even getting a, a post-up touch because he's that type Especially of player. when you look at who's guarding him. Like it was Derrick Jones Jr. and Rocco. I got I expect him to have a bunch better game next time. Right. They do that same thing on the flip side too. Like anointing players. Like mm-hmm. I remember a lot early on in Luca's career, like that rookie season, they were trying to say I'm a Luca hater, but I was just saying chill. We have all this time to anoint him and call him all of these different things. So while he's still a rookie why are we trying to put that pressure on him? And now we're in a position to where they're putting the pressure on him. And if Luca doesn't hit a certain expectation, they're going to shit on him and it ain't going to be right. He's in his third year, highest MVP projection, but KP is gone. So like, imagine if they, if they miss the playoffs, let's just say Chris Stapps takes a little bit more longer. They get up to a bad start without Chris Stapps that they can't recover from. And they miss the playoffs. They going to shit on Luca or if Luca don't win a championship in a certain amount of years. Even if it's like his, he's in his fifth year, who in the fuck in a right man are we thinking should have a championship in a fifth year? But they're going to do it to a guy like Luca because they're trying to anoint him so early on. Mm-hmm. It's like, bro, stop. Yeah. You should have learned all of that from LeBron, bro. Like, cut it down. They Give even, they even apply to like Giannis, right? Giannis is still, what, 25? And exactly. Of course, he's mm-hmm. as good as he is. But, like, if he don't win a championship for the next two years, we shouldn't be overreacting to his NBA career because he's he would be going in. You'd be going into what year number nine? Isn't and, that normally when most people win their first championship? Yeah, like, it, didn't, it didn't take Braun to this many years. It didn't take Jordan to this many. Like to win a championship is the hardest thing you can do in basketball, especially as the best player. And I'm not mm-hmm. expecting nobody in their mid twenties to lead a team to a championship. I'm just not. Facts. Mm-hmm. It should just be one of those things that if they do, impressive. impressive but it's nothing we should be like. He has to do this, or he ain't and, that guy. Right. Yeah, and that's and that's why like. When Luka Doncic, what he did with his first year was amazing. Like, and I feel like just like younger NBA fans at that, like they damn near had that and put expectations. Like that's how expectations for rookies are just supposed to be now. Right. Like, 
once you're a number one pick, a lottery pick, you're supposed to come in and do what you're supposed to do immediately. Yeah. Like, forget a two month, forget a six month, like immediately. And that's where I think that a lot of these just, and they have to watch more basketball. They have to understand that there are great players up there that probably didn't develop until four or five years into the league. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's just going to come with time, man. But a lot of them don't know that because they don't watch. That's just like Steph. Steph didn't really become Steph. If you know anything about basketball, Mm -hmm. it took Steph a long time to be Steph Curry. Mm -hmm. Ankle injuries, a lot of things had to happen for him to become Steph Curry. And I think think a lot of the – me and my guys that I work with – on this venture that we do, we, we, we have like these weekly articles that we send each other. And one of the articles that they sent me was how the, uh, the normal sports fan is watching sports in 2020. And it's a lot different the way we grew up watching sports. And I'm not making it seem like we old as hell, but like we used to have to sit down and actually watch the games completely to get an opinion. But nowadays, a lot of people are just going to house of highlights, you know, shout out to, shout out to our boy, uh, Mikhail, and he puts together these whole clips. And GD! You don't, you don't have to watch the games anymore. You can just watch these nine-minute clips of every single game every night, and you would think that you got the full grasp of a player or a team, when in reality, that's just not the case. People will yep. watch a, a 12-minute highlight video and be like, okay, I know everything there is to know about Zion and the Pelicans, so let me give my opinion. When in reality, you have to sit down and you have to watch multiple, multiple games to really get a grasp of a team and a player. It's not just the the way people are doing it. And And – that goes to a larger conversation about the future of sports media and the future of sports entertainment. And I think that the NBA is trying to get on top of that because of places like House of Highlights. Now the NBA gives their own, you know, five-minute to ten-minute recaps on games. But then again, they want you to watch the games. I think the NBA is, is about as confused as anybody on the future or, or how to uh, interpret the way things are, are going. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's like that for college it. basketball, college players too. Like you can't – go and just watch their highlights and create uh, projections. Everybody looks great in their highlights. Right. Yeah, everybody what, in college basketball looks great in their what, highlights. You have to sit the, and watch game after game and see their progression and see mm-hmm. like you can't just make, oh, he's going to be the next Trey Young just by looking and at his highlights. That's why so many people are off. That's mm-hmm. why so many people are off on on their guessing on their, because they don't watch. If, if if you talk to people who watch the shit they're not that far. You're, there's always a chance you're going to be somewhat off because they're so young. You don't just think you can't predict. But as far as certain guys, when you're talking to people who really watch and like that's their shit, they love college basketball. They they watching this pro, these prospects since they're in high school. They're they're going to be spot on versus a motherfucker who just went and watched a, a highlight clip on Frankie Vision's channel. Like you'll be able to spot on tell. Oh, okay, yeah. Cause I've had people tell me like, I, like a lot of people when I did my mock draft, they're like, "Bro, where's Nico Mannion?" <laughs> okay, oh Pierre, don't know what you're talking about. Cause you think Nico Mannion? All right, we'll see. We're now they see on the draft night Nico Mannion, Mannion don't go first round or whatever, and it's like, oh damn, he wasn't tripping then. It's like, yeah, yeah. that's because you just watch Baller's life highlights. But I think that's the future of sports, not even media. Like mm-hmm. I think that's the future of sports. Like, a, a, like people don't. People don't watch the games. People don't care. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, everything is watered down in microwave, and, and that's boy, why a lot of guys. Even before Mike gives it, and, and I think that's why, like, we're in a good business because p- some people don't watch the games but come to through the wire to get their NBA fix because they didn't have time to watch the games or go to a YouTube channel um, to, to hear what other people have to say, and then that's their opinion, which is, which is fine at the end of the day. Um, but, okay, Mike, you can go. No, I was going to try to say, I think that makes an interesting point where people are saying just like, everybody's going to watch, you know, the NBA in different ways from where it be, they see the clips on Twitter, YouTube, you know, watching on TV. But I think, you know, especially with these draft prospects, it could just be hindered, you know, from going on if people aren't just always just have the time to sit down and watch, you know, these guys for 40 minutes in college and it's just dumped down to a nine minute clip. That's why like I'm watching these as I'm trying to study, you know, for the draft pick every time I'm going through the comments, I see all, this man, he he's gonna be a great fit with the Lakers. Like he's gonna be a great fit for the Lakers. And we going from, you know, uh Jaden McDaniel, Jalen McDaniels to Desmond Bain to Malachi Finn. Like people just don't know where to label these guys yet because everybody just looks good in a in a damn highlight, you know? Yeah. I, th- I think that's it's the, interesting. That's the society we live in, man. It's so microwave. And I, like KB said, we ain't we don't be trying to sound old, but it's the truth. Like the generations. Generations used to be super big gaps, but the shit is kind of speedballing 
and it's like a gap between like prime example bro last night i tweeted out i found you miss new booty all of us know who that is where that's from mm -hmm. a lot of the fans was in my comments like bro what are you on pause <laughs> what are you talking about and then there was a few of them like bro some of the followers are starting to show their age yeah. and like the gap because like you hear that and y'all automatically Contreras was just bopping because you know like that's that's that uh get it right yeah. get it tight get it right, get it right. <laughs> like that that was a hit but like a lot of the fans it's a disconnect just like if you drop a Wayne bar a motherfucker might not even know what it is or you know what I mean like I don't even think they understand that at, at oh. one point in time Lil Wayne was larger than life Hey, like little Wayne was as big as it gets without Twitter or anything. He was the biggest name in America. Now they see Lil Wayne, who's like, who would you compare him to? Like, what NBA player was holding on by a thread and every once in a while, like every once in a while, Wayne would give you a five verse. But mm -hmm. the shit he doing now musically is nowhere near what we grew up on. It's not. It's not even close. Bro, yeah. I remember. Remember, we we what did he drop? It was like dedication, fab some. I turned that on. I listened to the first two, two songs. I was like, P, this should just make me want to go listen to the old Wayne. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like old D Wade. Remember old D Wade with the Heat? He had a night where he had like a game winner or be a spark in the, the comeback, but consistently he wasn't taking them to the playoffs or being an all star. That's how Wayne is. Every now and then he may have a feature verse. You're like, damn, that sounds like a little bit like old Wayne. But in his prime, uh, 10 years ago, 2009, bro, Little Wayne was, you can't even compare an NBA player to him. Hmm. He was like, I don't even know. You don't even have to like that style of rap, but Lil Wayne was your favorite rapper, bro. Right. Like, you remember when you it, said it, on the show, the automatic leave him dead in the living room? They thought you came up here. You they just thought you came they, up here. That's hilarious, yes, bro. bro. Yes. Yeah. That is yes. hilarious. There were some fans that was like, man, P, yo, what was the line you said? I'm like, that's hey, Lil Wayne. You know, know that? This is how I knew that, like, you just kind of re, you got to reevaluate when you're looking at NBA Twitter. I seen somebody put up a post. It was like, drop drop the, the player that won finals MVP mm. of your birth year. People were dropping Kawhi Leonard on that thing. Yes. People, people yes. were dropping Kevin Durant on that thing. I'm like, bro, wow. what is going on? So I'm like, yeah, a lot of these guys are just young. Wow, so, and you know, another crazy. thing I people about like social media and basketball talk or whatever, mm -hmm. a lot of them are smart enough to realize that saying dumb shit goes viral. So I know a lot of y'all get tweeted because I don't know. And, and listen, this is another thing, not to be mean, but stop tagging us the shit that we don't care about. Like, I don't care about the, the screenshots of somebody's NBA story where they like who was better Jason Tatum or Larry Bird and 79% is Jason Tatum and <laughs> Larry Bird got there like they be doing that type of shit and just to go viral I think they understand that saying dumb shit goes viral even some of the older guys like Kendrick Perkins now then to say something that just he shouldn't have said yeah and that should just go viral and be like KP you're a former player you play with some greats you know damn well you shouldn't have said that Ryan Hollins you're trying to say that Giannis is not an all-star. It'll, like, like, it'll be like how Kevin Durant, he had missed that shot against the Hornets or something. Like, he had a real easy bunny he should have made. He'll come out and be like, man, I thought I thought Kyrie said he's the only dude that can make that shot. Like, it'll, it'll be that type of goofy shit. It's just like, come on, we don't need to hear that. I think Skip Bayless is the worst. I think For he's... sure. For sure. My man's LeBron. Can he's have made like... a whole name off of it, man. He's made a platform off of just that. Yeah. It's, it, LeBron it can crazy. have like a 50-point yeah, triple-double. He'll be like, man, Brian didn't want to shake my shake Kawhi Leonard's hand on the way out. What a what a loser! Like it'll be some always got to take away. From <laughs> hey, they just lost to the Blazers. LeBron definitely walked off. He like, so did, yeah. He's probably talking about that now. I don't watch his show, and which is sad because I love Shannon Sharp. I love no, Shannon Shannon's Sharp. funny as hell. He's so he's super funny, but I, I just can't watch their show consistently. But I love Shannon Sharp. But yeah, bro, that's just the future of everything. I think that's why some of our players in the game. Are, they don't pan out as much is because like ball is life like no disrespect to ball is life but it's like people watch like a five minute clip of a guy dominating fucking 13 year old and they be like that guy is the next Bron and then he comes in the league and in reality he's just a role player and everybody like look he a bust y'all said he was the next Bron like Wiggins in all reality I know Wiggins is being terrible as hell right now Wiggins in his career has been a solid NBA player but people be talking down on him because they hype him as the next LeBron. And in reality, he was never going to live up to that. LeBron's the only guy who's lived up to, like, 
the chosen one. Now, even Jordan and Kobe didn't come in like as the guy that was like the chosen one. Bron is the only one that was like. I mean, Le- LeBron first game, the man put like put the team on his back. Like we, he came in, and we knew like this man is legit. Like you, you, people forget how bad that damn Cavs team was that he was just carrying. You know, that was like carrying a damn dead body around. And yeah, yeah, I got into an argument with a Jordan stand about that. I told him when LeBron came into the league, he was immediately a winning player, and he said, LeBron, "No, he wasn't. No, he, he wasn't. wasn't a winning player when he first came in, bro. He he didn't make the playoffs. That team was first. ass." Yeah. I thought the team made the playoffs. They did Mello, not the first Mello, Mello team made the playoffs play. the first year. Yeah, Mello made the playoffs the first ten years of his career. He didn't. He didn't miss until he started fucking with the bomb ass Knicks. <laughs> but now, yeah, LeBron did come. His team. Let me let me do a re, real research real quick. Uh, they were 30, they definitely missed it the first year. They were thirty five and forty seven. Uh, the first year. See, now you're a paid motherfucking analyst arguing. They already took a Google search. What the fuck you talking about? The second year they were above five hundred team, but they did not make the playoffs. They did not make the playoffs as above five hundred. Year three is the year they made the playoffs for the first time, and then he got to the second round and lost to the Pistons in seven. Um, and you were saying that shit constantly but, but, too, dude. But they weren't a winning team, but they were dramatically better. Better, yeah. Um, because no, they were a seventeen like... win team before, and they jumped all the way up to thirty five. So they were dramatically yeah. better, but they they definitely didn't make the playoffs. And it's that famous clip. Of all them in the locker room. Uh, there is all Miles. Like, getting a, a, a teenager going to come in here and do all that. We already know. got a guy whose position is better than him. That's one of my favorite clips. Like, shut <laughs> up. And, and slowly and surely, that motherfucker started getting picked Here's away. the number, though. The year before LeBron was drafted, they were 29th in attendance. This is only It was only 29 teams in the league, so they were dead-ass last. LeBron gets drafted. They jump all the way up to ninth in attendance. LeBron put butts in the seats, and he got them. They, he doubled their win total from the previous year, and then they went to a top five, um, top five attendance team, top five, and they stayed that as long as LeBron was on the roster. So he just, you know, what I'm saying that's just the type of stuff LeBron did. Yeah. Nah, he's literally the only guy to live up to his hype. But yeah, Jordan's first year, they made the playoffs. Derek, you got to you owe that Jordan stand an apology. Right. Yeah, what were you talking to him on Twitter or just in drive? No, man, tell him what happened to Jordan that oh, first yeah. year. He broke his leg. They would have been better this first year. They, but he broke his leg. Yeah, he, come on, dude, man. He dropped fifty in the playoffs against Larry you Bird. You got, you got that shit by your name when you gotta know what you're talking about, man. You gotta know what you're talking about. You can't be house of highlights, Bleacher Report. Did Jordan, Jordan never Turner, missed the playoffs. Through the wire. Did Jordan never, never miss the playoffs? playoffs until he ended up with the Wizards? Wow. Definitely didn't make the playoffs with that bomb-ass team. Man, this guy might be the GOAT. <laughs> um, Skip Bayless said on Twitter, this is the last thing before we end the episode, because y'all were talking about him, so I searched up his Google account, or his Twitter account. On his show this morning, he, he said, and I quote, the Lakers are not as good as they were last year. They don't have a closer. I don't see them having a closer. And if they didn't have a closer, closer this year, year, who the hell was the closer last year? Who did they look? Danny was Danny Green the closer to him? Only a Spurs <laughs> fan, man. I don't know, bro. He just be talking. He just, he be, just talking. be talking. Hey, name this episode biggest disappointments after week one. That's what I told Ryan the title would be. Okay. With the graphics. So bada boom, bada bam. I can't spend too much time on Skip Bayless. We gotta skip Bayless. Facts. Uh, we'll see y'all on to uh, Saturday with Saturday. our next episode. Um, shout out to RDC fam. Shout out to hey, the prayers out to Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, he said shout he cool to- man. He said he gonna bounce back stronger than ever. Same suck, with you, Ja. Same thing with Ja. Same thing with uh, Jamal Murray, mm-hmm. who collided and hit his head or something. I don't know. We'll see y'all on Saturday. <laughs>